0: Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Stevens, and this is the Creative Stick Up. Um, I'm in London on a project this week, so it's nice to be back here in this town. Um, And I thought, well, while I'm here, I'm going to see how many of these brilliant creatives that I know in this town will will get on my podcast. So I hopefully will have a few uh, what I'm going to call maybe the London sessions uh, in the next couple weeks. But my first victim is the screenwriter Tom Hodgson, who has a movie coming out. Uh, the, later this year, based on a Stephen Fry novel called The Hippopotamus. But Tom is a, uh interesting guy. He has been a uh, talented creative in all kinds of fields. He's been at an agency copywriter. He's been a planner. He was a development executive over at uh, Hay- Haymark Films uh, with David Heyman, who did all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, so he knows this business well, knows story, knows what it takes, has read a lot of them, and now he is a uh, full-time screenwriter, um, doing some amazing work. So I'm really... Uh, Happy that I got to sit down with him. He's a lovely guy. So enjoy my conversation with Tom Hodgson. Jeff, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well thanks for coming. Um, I guess something that's really exciting is you have your first feature film being premiered next week in London. Uh,
1: It's a screening. It's a screening. It's a screening. screening. The film itself is coming out next year. Okay. it's uh, It's the second feature that I've Written, but the first narrative feature. Okay, and really, really excited. Yeah. So the first one you wrote was a documentary. This one is was was a, a the first one was a documentary that came out uh, about eighteen months ago okay. about the Spanish golfer Seve Ballesteros, okay. and they had a lot of archive footage, but because he went from uh, a very uh, how to put it he. There was no documentary footage of his life from birth to when he exploded on the world scene yeah. as a sort of sporting superstar. So they needed someone to, um, I suppose, craft the, the bits which they didn't have footage, the gotcha. scenes of his childhood. So it was brought on to do that. That was a great uh, experience. But this film, which is called The Hippopotamus, yes. based on a novel of the same name by Stephen Fry, is the okay. first sort of narrative yeah. feature that's made it to the screen. So, so how excited. did you, is there a
0: backstory of how you found your way to this project? Because Stephen Fry, let's face it, he's pretty big. Very big. He's here a, and a prolific writer. A yeah, everyone knows Stephen Fry. He's got a certainly interesting tone of voice, right? Very much so. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, how did you find this project, and why wouldn't Stephen Fry write it? You know what I'm saying? Is it so, a- yeah, <laughs> it was a good, good question. Uh, he's distinguished himself in every form that he's uh, he's turned his hand to. Yeah. So. Uh, Backing up a, a little bit, I started yeah. off in film working for the producer of the Harry Potter films, okay. a lovely guy called David Heyman, okay. who's produced Harry Potter, Gravity, Paddington Bear, a major a player, Hulk, a major player, and very yeah. very nice. How did with you it. get that job? Did you know someone? So I interned, yeah. uh, which full disclosure I did get because I knew somebody, or at least <laughs> I got the interview right. because of that, yeah. and that led to a one month internship, okay. reading scripts, uh, and so this you've beautiful little um, yeah. Company above a guitar shop in Denmark Street, so the whole place you know shook every five minutes as someone tried out an amp. Um, <laughs> Could you tell downstairs? Yeah, like, you are just... trying out the Marshall 750. Yeah, well, my ear wasn't that finely tuned, but certainly it shook quite a lot, which meant some visitors were quite disappointed when they are expecting to come to you know the office of the Harry Potter producer, expecting glitz and glamour, and yeah. the kind of the rat catcher there because it's in Soho's on an old burial pit from the plague. Yeah. And, Anyway, but very charming with it, I should add. And I was reading scripts for a month, really loved it. It was writing coverage where you assess projects mm-hmm. and you write for people, um, I suppose, more senior than yourselves who have less bandwidth to read the scripts themselves yeah. You summarize them. Yeah. And then you make a recommendation, kind of, you know, consider, you know, acquire, pass. And I was doing that really happily for, for, for a month. Yeah. And did you, so when you're reading on these scripts, is this
0: where you're reading and like, I could do this, I see how this is working, you can deconstruct these things and sort of get a Like, or did you know you wanted
1: to be a screenwriter prior to reading these scripts? I just knew I wanted to work in film in some capacity, but didn't have any family uh, sort of connections or any knowledge of anyone, bar the one that got me the interview. Great. Should have, yeah. That person? That person. Um, But just knew that film was something I wanted to explore, didn't really know what any of the different jobs meant, director, producer, so um, had this in to go and sort of, you know, kind of find out, and was just told... Read, these. read Read the scripts, summarise them, yeah. and then just, you know, make, make, a, recommend, make a recommendation. So you start out like, giving a massive, you know, pile of pile of scripts. Um, How many are you reading a month? Uh, so I was probably reading about 20 a week. Okay. Across okay. different different genres. Yeah. Um, didn't get the cream of the crop to start with. Right. You know, right. if they come with talent attached, finance, they come from a fancy agent, they go to the top of the pile. Yeah, yeah. A mixture of some of those... But also reading off the slush pile, people who just you know submitted, emailed in, and you start reading them. Well, it's good to Um, know that if you email a script, then someone's going to read it. Probably someone is going to read it.
0: which was, which yeah, it was kind of good. Yeah, it's really, really good. You yeah. get through. Uh, yeah.
1: And you read some, and you quickly, the first ones you obsess about because you don't want to make a mistake, and yeah. so you read them cover to cover. <laughs> and I remember my boss coming out, I haven't even read today, in I'm like, dude, like, you're reading them cover to cover. Some of these just read 30 pages, yeah, 10, 10 pages, and then make an assessment. Yeah, if you're um, in or not. And they're That's really something. fun, and you learn quite quickly, I suppose, to sort of, um, I don't know, bury your own, or let your own taste not impinge yeah, too much. So, um, so you have to bring a. Is this going to? Did they say
0: we want money-making movies? We want movies for certain stars. We're looking for this or just
1: like, is this good or not? I think it started just with, is this compelling? Yeah. You're reading for two uh, with two lenses. One of is this project viable? Is it compelling? Would it make for a good film, regardless of, of how commercial it is? And the second one is, is the writer? You know one to watch, is this an interesting yeah. voice? Is this someone we should meet and yeah, yeah. and get in? Do a deal with. Um yeah. and that was um or in the first instance, get in for a cup of coffee and say, mm-hmm. look, this script isn't for us, but you showed us something here, or this is interesting, what's your story? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was primarily what what I did. I didn't encounter many that were both viable, <laughs> brilliant and in a position where we could act on them. Um, <laughs> Mostly because those were being fielded by more experienced people at that yeah, time. Yeah. And I loved that there. The internship came to an end. The next person came in to fill the, fill yeah. the seat. And where
0: would you get bumped up? Uh, okay, no, real quick, but yeah. Before we move on, how many scripts were crap out of 10? is it like 8 out of 10 where you're like 30 pages in like this is not good or, or by the time they get, if you've
1: written a screenplay people kind of know what they're doing they're like oh there's something to most of these I think most people knew what they were doing yeah. and that it was the right you know it was the right formatting it yeah, was spelt yeah. correctly <laughs> um, but a lot were very formulaic yeah. when I started British gangster films were, were very Gary yeah. um, like, Ritchie was the how yeah there were a lot of kind of um, Ritchie um, Ritchie kind was. of mock knees uh, yeah. running around with shooters and range Rovers. I, I think I even wrote um, one of those scripts time at some point and a lot of that happens it goes in cycles people write what they think will sell what people want to do so most weren't that inspiring but a lot were showed you know pretty good craft and and so i'd say probably 20 percent wanted to get that person in and this wasn't you know for us for these reasons but you know it was interesting yeah um and love that cool uh, got to the end of the internship next person filled the chair I went to work in advertising as a planner oh you did okay for six so you're months. Out of day, you're out of Hayman films out of Hayday films yeah, yeah Hay that. And then- went, went to work in uh, advertising for uh, an Large. agency called Boy Meets Girl, oh, which yes. is part of the IPG. I group. know
0: Boy Meets Girl. Uh, with all, yeah, yeah, with all the. But that's the gang. That's the gang. so you met the gang?
1: Uh, so the gang—it's uh, really kind of um, Ben Little and yeah. Wayne Guthrie yeah. and, and several others. Andy Law and Andy yeah. Law and Danny Tok and lots of others. Who yeah. subsequently we founded an innovation consultancy called Phyllisie yeah, Frank, yeah, which yeah. we can come on to later. Yeah. Ben, I've known since childhood, our okay. uh, mother's met in the doctor's surgery, six months old. <laughs> Thank you. No, not at all. That's where you guys go back to. Um, yeah, Not even like grade school. They you know? guys go back way... Yeah, old, old. Our, our parents decided we'd be friends because it'd be easier for like <laughs> childcare and school runs and then we became we became friends, which was, was That's lucky. Awesome. But yeah, it was the first time I met Wayne. Is yeah. uh, this the first time you are in the advertising business? Is this the first time to go from... I was in the advertising business? But when I left college uh, in the UK, uh, I went to the US for a year and just watched a load of movies. Yeah. I went in thinking I wanted to be a journalist. I knew I wanted to do something about writing yeah. and Ben had, had gone into advertising in the UK at the... The agency McCann Erickson, yeah, yeah. And while I was at university, I was talking to him, and what he he made it sound so amazing. These pitches, the late nights, the yeah. the, the camaraderie, bonding. the yeah. the kind of giant post-it notes, big bold ideas, the kind of theatre, the yeah. kind of ridiculousness, the excitement. So that was quite looming, quite quite large. Yeah. Uh, and um, it
0: is, it is like that when you work with Ben. It is like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that all the time, but it's like that here.
1: And, and I think he, he has this enthusiasm, yeah. and and just a way of doing things that sounded incredibly intoxicating. Yeah. And my other options were maybe the more sort of milk round type sort of law things that I wasn't you know yeah. quite ready to consider. So yeah. advertising and film came came things. So Ben kindly uh, got me an interview. In fact, my whole life is starting to sound like people who get me interviews. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's uh, how life works. Yeah, and I work for an amazing guy called yeah. Chris Chalk, who okay. um, a very famous planner uh, who did the HP Invent positioning. Okay. now. President of jail, okay. Uh the Samsung agency. He was a lovely guy, and uh, sort of took me under his his wing. Uh, six months in, I got a call from Heyday Films saying the guy who was my boss was leaving, and did I want to yeah. interview for the job? And wow. interviewed for the job, got the job. So my career as a planner lasted six months. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was back in the world of film. spent great. two and a half years, then, then, then any day was, giving it a proper go, really. And is that a, you were then a development executive? Development assistant, to development start with, with. Okay. which was kind of like 60, 70% doing the job of a junior development um, exec, finding new writers, yeah. going to the theatre, reading the newspapers yeah. and all my periodicals, trying to find new stories, and then 30% just running the office, making tea. Delivering scripts around Soho, yeah. you know, doing the stuff that, yeah. paying your dues type, type yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you,
0: was there a, so this is where you really learn the film business, I and mean, this is really where you learn. Yeah, in, in so much as I have, yeah, yeah that was yeah. very
1: much, uh, David uh, Hayman has built the company in his own sort of image, it's a very small kind of company, yeah. you had a lot of mentoring and very few restrictions in terms of what you were asked to look for, it was just interesting voices. Yeah. Um, and so some shops you know, have a very uh, defined taste mm-hmm. that they are looking for particular genre mm-hmm. kind of pictures. But it was a pretty broad church of self and worked for a lovely um, woman called Rosie Allison, okay. who's a novelist as well as head okay. of development. And her and, and David and the other people I worked for really just learned to do it watching yeah. them, really. And, and when you work for them, so David, someone at that level
0: who's made it that is it's... Is the man just incredibly talented, incredibly forthright? Did he just get a great break with J.K. Rowling or did he, like were those his first films or
1: did, was he already a producer? And no, he was yeah. a studio, studio executive, okay. then set up his, his own company, yeah. made a couple of uh, well-regarded films, uh, Day Trippers, Juice, which you might have seen with Tupac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously I think Harry Potter catapulted him to the next uh, level, um, but I think it's a combination of good good taste. But he's made great movies for the art, Harry Potter. Yeah, really strong movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everyone you mentioned. Very, very, very diverse, very, very successful. Yeah. Um, I think the ingredients, are, I, you know, you'd know, you have to ask him, maybe yeah. you can get him on the show, yeah, but no, I would say he's got great, great taste, yeah. um, but more than that, he's really good with people and okay. backs his judgement, so okay. he identifies filmmakers and writers and, and collaborators that, that he really rates and enjoys working and builds, you know, great loyalty in those relationships. So you mm-hmm. look at someone like Alfonso Coron, who mm-hmm. directed Ito Mama Tambien, yeah. on the surface of that, not the obvious choice to replace Chris Columbus on Harry Potter. Right. You know, Ito yeah. Mama Tambien is brilliant, yeah. but is, uh, Warner the Brothers are building this huge family-friendly franchise. Yeah. And the previous movie... You know, his subject matter must have, you know, jarred a little right, bit perhaps, right. initially. But David went, you know, Alfonso is the guy for this, or so that's, you know, at least my understanding. And he turned out, for me, you know, one of the, the best films in that franchise that really. And which was the, was the same. first kind of adult film? Um, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. And it just really, as the mood got darker, it got more adult, drew some really interesting performances out of the kids who so were still kids at kind of that time. Yeah. And obviously, David's gone to work with him in in gravity mm-hmm. and so I think the part of that of finding the people that, that you you rate and you want to spend time with and you want to support and, and then building those those relationships okay. I think that's a big big part of it okay. and, um, and then also he specialised in adapting books and turning those into films so he's a very literary minded big mm-hmm. reader and I think people Trust. feel comfortable yeah. sending their material and entrusting their material yeah. um and I think um, I think that's a big part mm-hmm. of the the, the sort of success. And then the, um, the Harry Potter films
0: have got they were they get better and better. I mean, you could just tell that everyone was just clicking and yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if the last one it was a two parter. Maybe that dragged for me a bit, but there was a
1: couple like the one you prisoner is good. Great film, right? I think they've all got their own yeah. car- character. The yeah. books get richer. The universe yeah. get, gets bigger. The kids are growing up. The supporting actors, uh, you know, they sort of empty the National Theatre. Yeah. You know, get um, oh good. Even yeah, yeah. What's his name? Is going on to do some great things. Like super legit. Yeah, Dan Radcliffe has yeah, gone on right. to a really fantastic, rich career of defined by sort of interesting choices, yeah. and um, and I think has, has navigated his post-Potter, you know, land really impressively. As is Emma Watson, yeah, who's a UN ambassador, and, yeah. and conducts herself brilliantly. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, yeah, that's a group yeah. of kids. None of
0: them turned out like drug-addled and or broken. No, but I... She's like, know, that could happened, That
1: yeah. happens a lot. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know, it came out okay. Absolutely. Do you like JK's New Thing? Uh so I haven't seen the play yet. Okay. Um but I've read the Robert Galbraith uh books that she's written, okay. which I'm I'm a big fan of. Okay. Um, but I haven't seen the play um yet, That's but crazy. the reaction's been fairly um, yeah. fairly okay. extraordinary. And at some point you got into the digital side of Harry Potter, right? Yeah, that came that came a bit a bit later, but okay. I yeah, I, I spent sort of two two and a bit years working for, for for David, reading scripts, okay. worked on a couple of films that eventually got, got, got so, made. So what were the ones that you were worked at? So I worked on a film called Yes Man that starred Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. and Which was a book that I read in London. Yeah, by a brilliant UK-based writer, yeah. comedian called Danny Wallace. Yeah, He's so funny. fantastic, yeah, and that was great, seeing that go from potentially a British film up into a big studio yep. kind of comedy. Yep. Uh, and then the different end of the scale, um, uh, tonally, was a... Uh, powerful Holocaust drama called The Boy in the Striped Pajamas that okay. my boss um, yeah. found, and that was um, that was a really um, good experience. Yeah. Um, uh, I wasn't involved in the production side. Sure. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, passed on, passed over, passed, but moved yeah. on, by yeah. a, but um, it was wonderful working on the script. Um, so that's, in, on your side of it, you find the source material, and you're like,
0: alright, we need to get a script written. So you hook it up with the writer, if it gets written, you read
1: it, then you have to like...
0: Yeah, you, know, you just massage
1: c- it give c- it to the cont- moment. contribute uh, notes um, so yeah. we all a draft kind of comes in everyone in the company kind of reads it yeah. over the weekend have yeah. notes and then they're sort of marshaled together into one master um, set of notes mm-hmm. that gets sent to the, the writer yeah. um, and uh, that was a really um, great experience just comparing notes with other people what they'd in the company what they'd thought of something and then um, yeah, and seeing how that sort of, awesome. um, you know, developed. Um, so do you, now that you've written
0: and gotten notes on the other side, do you have any regrets about the notes you sent, or is, have you learned
1: anything about that process, or do you take them out, ah, I get well, I it. think the big lesson I've learned is separating big picture and page notes. Okay. So uh, the first okay. notes that I ever did, which thankfully um, my boss prevented going from the writer, was <laughs> kind of like, you know, Page one, there's a typo here, and page <laughs> two, um, he arrived in a car and left in a helicopter. Page three, right. and then only when you're on page two, you're like, but the script is really, really great. Yeah. So it's trying not to kind of bury the lead in journalistic yeah. sort of parlance and yeah. it, you know then it gradually realise, okay, right. First off, this is fantastic. Right. You've taken this you know book, this film, this fragile idea, and you've mm. fleshed it out and you've proved beyond doubt there's a movie here. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. But here's the stuff. So now right. when I get notes, right. it's really dispiriting if the first things you've picked up are the things that are wrong. So you're yeah. not going, right, Tom, good job because you spent several months with that blinking cursor in final draft going, I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud, and fraud i can not do this. So it's, you relax a little bit when you get the, okay, yeah. you know, first off, you know, this Great is job. terrible. And then, but here are all the things that need to change. So I think that's, that's um, that empathy yeah. from having sat on both sides of the, the table is, is, is sort of helpful. Uh, really yeah. I really find it helpful. Yeah. Um, and so at what point... Let's, so let's talk a little bit about the digital thing, because I yeah. think that's really interesting.
0: And I'd love to hear when this moment came, where you said this is what you wanted to do. But
1: tell me, you ran Pottermore. I Well, I was a creative director at Podmore. Okay. so I think after, after a couple of years as a development exec, I yeah. felt I wanted to be a writer. I saw some of the drafts coming in, yeah. and how the writers were, at least from the outside, living their lives. They came in, yeah. they had a two-hour meeting, they right. went away for a couple of months, right. Got paid some money. Yeah. And I thought, "Wow, that's really this is cool, really exciting." So I went away to write a couple of scripts. Went to LA, was attached to produce a couple of other ones. Okay. Uh, the writer's strike happened. Neither project happened. Yeah. I can't hang that all on the industrial action on, on the part of the Writers Guild, but essentially, I'd blown through my savings. Sort of yeah. came back and realized actually, independent producing and, and writing is, is pretty hard. So um, <laughs> came. Uh, yeah. But did you, were you proud of the scripts? Like, do you still have them? I. Like, oh, Got them, I remember showing, uh, I'm proud that I've finished them, Yes. and without finishing them I wouldn't still be writing, but I look back and cringe, they are, they are really... Is that for real, you just being like... No, I didn't commit Like to rhythm, them, work. I mean they're yeah. not,
0: I suppose... Knowing what you know now, you didn't give it the work it needed.
1: No, I think my if I was covering my own script, I would have gone like, eh, not much of the script, but you know, <sighs> yeah. you know, there's promise. You know, let, let's read his his third one. It's yeah. that kind of standard thing. What else have you got? Where yeah. someone doesn't yeah. like what you've written, that says, you know, what what else have you got? Yeah. So I'm not being false, falsely modest. Like yeah. I found them in a box the other day. Um, right but enough people were positive enough about that to go, yeah. you're not wasting your time. Okay. I don't think this film's going to get made. Yeah. But, and to be fair, you know, it, it did have a couple of actors, uh, an actor and a director attached. I okay. it's gone on to good things. Good things. So, right. um, so it made it somewhere. Some people saw something kind yeah. of in it and it gave yeah. them the sort of confidence. Um, but that brings me on, I suppose, to my sort of theme. I, I tried doing it full-time and mm-hmm. it hadn't worked for various reasons. Yeah. So I, with... Um, um, ben and Wayne mm-hmm. two long term friends and collaborators had set up this agency for yeah, this yeah, frank yeah. they needed some help um, on the content side yeah. so they were kind enough to get me back in and spent uh, spent some time working with them learning a lot from them yeah. around brands for the yeah, first time yeah. properly and realising actually that some of those skills in, in development film development mm-hmm. identifying talent and um, Delivering notes, shaping things—some of those kind of Mm -hmm. partnership-type relationship-building skills were were transferable. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, there's never been a point in
0: history that gets getting closer and closer where brands have to be amazing storytellers. They just—they almost have to think of themselves as producers or directors or a network. And yeah, I can't imagine that that side of the fence, looking at just telling these stories, isn't
1: just bang on, right? Yeah, maybe they want to do it a little shorter, or it's not so. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's that's very um, very true and I think a lot of agencies traditionally didn't have in-house development experience. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of very talented copywriters used to writing spots right. and a lot of those copywriters have scripts, feature scripts in the drawer. Sure. and um, But I think... Um, Actually, having someone that has read hundreds and hundreds of
0: stories, yeah,
1: this has lived in that world, right? Yeah, and no, the same principles apply and I, yeah. I think in terms of like, is this worthy of you know, my time, because obviously ads cost a, a load of money, sometimes yeah. more than feature films. But yeah. I think a lot of those skills um, and relationships with agents and, and tracking young writers, I think, and directors was, I think, my most interesting, um, relevant value add, I think. Because a lot of agencies, if they've got big money, they know that the, the huge screenwriters and huge directors, they want to hire for a project. Like, yeah, let's go to David Fincher, we've got a brand with the resources to go for, go for that guy. But yeah. they kind of more up-and-coming talent. Yeah. Is maybe not on their the yeah. radar, and that was so a, that's the ecosystem that you knew. Yeah, and you knew all these young. Well, yeah, and then suddenly there were more outlets and brands yeah. wanting to do th- some things, and and, um, and cool. Ben and Wayne were working with Mini and HTC and kind of bold clients that, yeah. that were, were experimenting. So produced some work um, kind of there, and then got the opportunity to work for Samsung as their head of content strategy in the in the UK. That's what you did. That's what I did off that in, in okay. uh, two thousand eleven. Um, just before the Olympics and Samsung was beginning to realize that, that, um, it needed to, I suppose, increase its investment in, in storytelling and, and, mm-hmm. and trying to draw consumers closer emotionally to this brand that was absolutely crushing it on kind of like logistics, mm-hmm. product quality, but, but there wasn't any real understanding, consumer understanding about, um about the brand, yeah. like trying to achieve what its, what its values yeah. kind of were, right. they had all these great un- relatively untapped assets, like yeah. Chelsea sponsorship, global um, Olympic sponsorship, and yeah, had had a lot of, of charity work. And Apple
0: was so tight yep. emotionally, Samsung, which was a killer product, no one disputed so much of what they
1: stood for, except for the brand itself, right? No, no it, 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 exactly, so um, and, and you walk in your first day there and you look at all the different divisions and, and you wrap your head around... The scale of the place—that's you know, you know, air conditioning units, uh, heavy machinery, medical imaging, right. phones—is just you know one division. One thing. And Samsung Electronics is one division amongst but this you know, is a dozens and everything from. Yeah, yeah. I- exactly. Wow, they um,
0: are just—they're an industrial yeah product maker. That's yeah, their culture. Yeah, that's crazy. So, did you, as the head of content strategy for this massive brand, right? Team of, team of three. So wasn't nice. Busy. Yeah. But you got the Olympics, and I mean, it's here. Yeah. 2012. So it's not like they're going to be sitting around doing nothing. No, it's very, very busy, and worked for very. But did uh, you, yeah. did you conceptually understand that job? You're like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to no. do. No
1: um i'm, I'm not sure they 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 did uh, there was a, a few management sort of um changes so i was hard and introducing myself around the building as like the content strategy guy and nobody really knew, understood what that yeah. what that was okay. and um but i've always been just sort of i don't know just trying to make the best of the situation sure. got some really you know yeah. extraordinary people and learned quite a lot of big company experience um how to politically maneuver through a giant company to get stuff made. Yeah, and the, and, and, and who who holds budget yeah. and what their concerns are yeah. and, and how to sell things in internally when, you know, someone's sitting on a budget pot that they don't want to give up because it's tied to a bonus and how's this going to Yeah, help them yeah. Uh, try to sell in mean? a kind of like master brand, you know, yeah. objective, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats isn't very easy and I should <laughs> say I work for a very impressive man who did much more of that than me, but yeah. Um, my job was mainly activating sort of um, storytelling type initiatives around some of the content partnerships we were doing, also, or technology partnerships. Mm-hmm. So Samsung has quite a long-standing relationship with the British Museum and, and other organisations, and a big part of that was was, was trying to help yeah. the, the partners help tell a bit of that Samsung story gotcha. by by empowering that. Okay. Often I was going around the building trying to buy borrow big steel, um, yeah, flat-screen TVs, and yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, how That's many do you awesome. need? Well, only 48 for, you know, what? Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it's a steep learning curve. Um, That's cool, though. So you've been on the client side. You've been on the agency side. Yeah. And not not is, a huge stint in either, I should say. Yeah. But, but enough to yeah, at least just, feet wet. You know, no, yeah, get, get feet wet a little bit. And um, and then, so and then there, go, go, Is this where you
0: decide your moment of clarity comes in your life? Or, no, got to be a writer. No,
1: still not then. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was writing, yeah. and I got an agent. Um, and was screenwriting, but just, uh, just thought for and, and to try and stop my bank manager having a sort of heart attack as well. Of thinking, actually, maybe I should. Having gone from not being a full time writer to being a full time writer, just based on hope. Yeah. Then thought, well, actually, I need to do it from a position of a bit more strength. So have a regular pay. Jet coming in. Which yeah. is my best advice to anyone: never give up the day job unless unless you can give up the day job yeah. emotionally as well as financially. Like if you can cope being on your own, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, doing it. And uh, I got a call saying that Pottermore, J.K. Rowling's digital company, was uh, looking for a creative director. We okay, going an interview for for that, uh, and spent uh, another couple of years doing that there with a really talented team trying to translate. Um, JK Rowling's fantastic uh, um, books into an online interactive experience, okay. um, and was writing screenplays on the side, yeah. um, and then got a couple of commissions while yeah. I was there that I was doing in the evenings and the weekends. And then finally, after a while, I got to a point where I felt it was sort of now or never, and then sort of took the plunge. And okay. um, so there was a day when you you leapt. Yeah, there was the day it was um a couple of months away from being a dad for the first time. I've okay. so got a, a two and a half year old kind of now and a couple of months, uh, before my daughter was born was trying to think about how everything would, would change and how I'd juggle the kind of um mm-hmm. the, I kind of knew I wouldn't be able to do the day job and the evening job yes, and really the present yeah. uh, um in this new phase of kind of life. So Good something had to give yeah. and um yeah. much that I enjoyed the day job, felt mm-hmm. that um, this should be the moment, yeah. which is kind of suicidal, so you're mad, yeah. mad on, on, on paper, you give up right. a stable job with a pension and the healthcare to rent yeah. a desk in a yeah. co-working space, yeah. and just um, do it, but um, yeah. But that's what it is,
0: but that's, at some point, it was, you knew this was where your heart was at, or where, what you needed to do, right? Every writer who's uh, worth it, always at some point, describes this have to, like they have to do it, right?
1: Yeah, I written think it's, next, it's not like it, No, was, very much or, or yeah. I couldn't I didn't feel I'd given it given it a real nudge. Like yeah. I hadn't given it a real go and what what kept rattling around my head was I, I've got the mental strength to or to cope with the fact that I may not be a writer full time yeah. and it may not be my primary source of kind of income, but I haven't put enough in to quit yet. Yeah. Like, yeah I have yeah. I've written a couple of scripts, but that's not That's not it. That's not the best I've got. I've right. got some more stuff and I owe it to myself. Yeah. Um, you know, to give it everything and mm-hmm. if it falls short or I can't make it work, yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. yeah. And um and that's it. And I think my, my my wife also subscribed to that view that she didn't want to hear for the next forty years I about just like could've, I could have been a contender. Right. You know, and just <laughs> throw everything at it. If it doesn't work, do you know what? You couldn't really go yeah. and a lot of people don't even have that opportunity. Right, so, right. um and my agent was horrified that I was um, she had quit. No, that that I was yeah, exactly she was just like you're doing you're doing, you're doing, this is your what? agent, you're, like, you're, baby, you're my agent, and she's been wonderfully supportive and stuff. But still, she was like, "Wow," okay. and I was like, "No, don't worry. You're not on the hook to match match my my earnings." But she was like, "Wow, you really, yeah, you really sure?" Um, and uh, yeah, that's and so hilarious. And, uh, and so, how long between that and
0: the uh, hippopotamus opportunity? So the hippopotamus came about while I was still at This is a
1: bestseller. Yeah, it's a bestseller published in the. the it's company. About a man, a man and a in a bath. Man who yeah. likes to sit in a bath. Yeah, he does a lot of drinking whiskey in the in, in the, the self, right? uh, So this wonderful production company called Electric Shadow optioned book <laughs> some years ago, okay. and they had a draft of the script already okay. by a, a talented writer and phenomenal theatre director called Blanche McIntyre, okay. who's sort of burning up the UK theatre scene. Uh, a couple of years had gone by, and they wanted to, um, I suppose, reinvigorate the, the okay. project. As you yeah. know, film development often takes a long time. It so does. So we're looking for someone to come in and build on the work that was already done, and okay. hopefully take it from, um, and I must say, already already very good place into, into somewhere where it could um, could get made. Um, and so I, I did that while I was yeah. at uh, at Pottermore. Okay.
0: And did you find that the source book or the screenplay, did you... Where, where did you, or did they say you need to change this, it needs to be a little different, or they're just like, here you go, make
1: it better? I think uh, the the book is absolutely fantastic, but it poses some challenges for um, adapting it into a screenplay. Sure. It's primarily in the form of letters from one point to the other, so right. so much of the, the comic richness and the, the sort of spiritual and emotional depth are in the form of recounted tales. So. Okay. There was a bit of, um, I suppose, heavy lifting that needed to be to work out actually to, to extract the the plot and the story mm-hmm. and the themes and then put them out in a sort of linear way that stayed true to the the, the book, um, but lived as its as its own thing. And I was lucky that I came that there was already a very good um, first draft that had made some of those mm-hmm. choices, um, but there was still scope to be you know to, to deviate from the, okay. the script. Where, where sort of necessary, um, yeah. working very closely with the producers there and the directors who'd lived with the book for years before I came on, right. it. and right. that was a really great um, experience. Yeah. Do great. they bring you in, because it seems like someone who,
0: if you've lived with the project for a really long time, you've gotten really deep into it. Sometimes yeah. it's easy for someone that's not touched it to walk in and just see three or four little things that just make it better,
1: or whatever, right? Yeah, I think, I think that's, um, that's true. Everyone, everyone um, they, they don't have things, assumptions kind of grandfathered yeah. in, and... Yeah. Um, so I have this quite, uh, it didn't happen on this project because this project was already like a, a legit viable project, it mm-hmm. had a director, it had a production company, it already had a draft, but yeah. I've noticed something about myself as I'm often sent adaptations or books with a view to adapting them and I've realised my, my initial judgments, my first impressions are not state of the art. Right. It's just every book that I kind of read that I end up going to pitch what I'm like, it's not film here. I don't mind. And I have to read it a second time and just go, actually, come on, your first impressions are almost wrong about everything, people, <laughs> projects. But my second look at something, I think I back my ju- my, my judgment. So That's a lot of funny. times I've ended up doing uh, projects that I've done are things that, you know. Yeah, the first time you're like, I, oh, I can't bring anything to this, or there's not film here, or they're mad. And yeah. then the second time, you click into a different mindset We were are like, right, okay, what do I respond to? What do I not? And quite often, what producers are looking for is, you know, is a, is a take because yeah. obviously, if you know, if someone's if, if the book's easy to translate, mm-hmm. you can just ask someone to type it out. Yeah. It comes yeah. in and goes right. Okay, I didn't like the whole supernatural element, but this is what you know. Yeah. And sometimes that works, and sometimes yeah. they go, "Well, we're only really interested in the supernatural element." So, yeah, yeah thanks well, for books,
0: books, you, you know, there's I don't know a handful of books, movies that are both great, right? Either and most of the time the books always better than the film, right? So it's a hard, it's not an yeah. easy thing to do. And yet, people continually try, continually try, continually try. And I suppose there's lots of movies that with the, they write books later, right? <laughs> or the books yeah, were shit, but pop- <laughs> didn't become
1: popular type of the movie. Before. Or I think sometimes like yeah. a wonderful book, uh, Human Capital, yeah. that was made into an extraordinary film, but an Italian film. Okay. A set book, or yeah. one of my favorite films in the last 20 years bold claim, but uh mm-hmm. Tell No One. Okay. Um, was uh, made into a French film. Okay. So oh. Hollywood plotting yeah delivered by a French director. Which totally twists it around. Totally right? twists yeah. it and I think sometimes that's you know, that, you that that you know exactly. that works. But so next
0: Thursday is the it's a screening. It's a sort of industry sort of screening. Okay. Um, and you've seen the film. I've seen the film. And you're happy with it? Very happy with it. It's not like some Barton Fink moment where they you're struggling with your writership and they fucked up all your words or anything and...
1: No, I This s- one went pretty smooth. Very smoothly. The, the director and producers um the director The an amazing guy called John Jenks and, okay. and him and his um, producers were very kind to involve me. Yeah. Um, but Who I, plays... Who was in it? Matthew Modine and somebody Matthew else? Matthew Modine and Roger Allum are the two uh, the two leads. leads. Okay. And, uh, but it's got a very strong um, uh, sort of supporting uh, kind of cast. Yeah. But... I think the other thing that I've really enjoyed about it is, I always used to listen to people saying, oh, it's a true collaboration, you know, and I always thought, false modesty. Yeah. But it really is, not only is it based on a fantastic book, and a lot of the laughs come from Stephen's, um, you know, lines as written, but also, you know, I'm one of two writers on the project, the director, the producers, the cast, everyone has fed in. The, the editing, which is as a writer, something that I was not that cognizant of the role of an editor, but wow, they Did can you see find, this? they can determine whether a joke lands mm-hmm. yeah. or not. Yeah. And you know, the more you watch things like The Thick of It and some of these, uh, Veep and some of these yeah. things, yeah. Notice that the editing is really key, which you, yeah. you ad guys know yeah. totally. instinctively, absolutely. Um, and I didn't know that either until the first
0: time you make a Spot, and you're like, oh, yeah, you it's 80% in the it's funny. I was just reading this article where. All these great male directors, and I don't know what this was. It was kind of it was in the New York Times, but they all have their cameras and they go and they shoot all this film, and it's very phallic. And it's like we're spraying film everywhere, we're blowing up stuff. You know, uh, Cameron and Michael Bay and Woody, whoever, Martin Scorsese. But each one of them has a female editor to hold it all down and make it amazing. And but they don't get near as much credit, right? Versus what the director gets. Yet we all know if you set an editing studio
1: how. Like fifty percent of the job, at the uh, at the least, and all right. those little details. I yeah. you are so right that add up. You just stay on that person for an extra half beat. Yeah, the anguish goes up the scale, or it's right. funny, you cut in too too quickly, and yeah, and I think that's informed certainly how I'm now writing new projects, which okay. may or may not get made. Of so just, what are you writing like, now? Like, what are you what are you now? So I'm writing a project at the moment called The Passenger. I think yeah. it'll have to be retitled a very famous Who, who song of the same name. Okay, um, so. <laughs> I should say it's an untitled project it's or, a TBD no, TBD no right. one's cleared the name yet yep. um, which is uh can say a, too much about because it's right. also based on a real person's uh, um, uh, life so, okay. uh, but, I'll, but is not, it not from a that. novel or a magazine yeah, it's or based you on a, a real um, you're doing it real person's life okay is living and breathing. Have you done that before? No, that's a new experience. Okay. Again, I was brought in by a director who, uh, just like the hippopotamus, came about because someone read a, another script, a sort of writing sample, and yeah. said, "Why don't we get Tom in for this?" Yeah. This was a director I worked with on a project that ultimately didn't get made, but mm-hmm. they were looking for a writer. Mm-hmm. The, the principals had conceived a story; they needed someone to um, to sort of execute it, and that's been um, still midway through it. Deliver it at the end of September. Okay. So, um, how's it coming? Uh, just past the halfway point. Okay. Uh, I and asked you this, and you said you're a discipline. You have a disciplined way of writing. What is I that? Realise that I only have like two genuinely super productive hours in in the day, right. which anyone who hires me for freelance copywriting will now be um, uh, immediately alarmed, horrified. Right. Right. Um, but kind of like it's uh, it's nine thirty to eleven thirty in okay. the morning. This is you, and um, that's full capacity. Okay. And then everything after that, it just goes down a little bit of yeah. a and, and you're researching showing, you're talking you're that, that, that I know it's two hours that I can, uh, I can do and okay. then after that it's you know you're down at about 70% and then the phone yeah. rings and you have to pay a bill yeah, yeah. or you go down this that's good of, though like a, you can do, you do that every yeah. day that's what you need to do yeah just do do the pages resist the urge to edit as you're going
0: which yeah. is yeah we talked about this yeah don't edit get to the end get to the end um, I don't like that yeah Because otherwise nothing you're just going to tinker like yeah anyway yeah um, well, you can't, you can't get past the fact that you're crap if you're editing, and you're rereading, like, oh, it sucks, and you just can't think that. You'll <laughs> never get it finished. you got to plow
1: through it. And that's hard. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's really, really hard. But I take a lot of comfort by looking online at a lot of annotated manuscripts of, um, like, I'm obsessed with John Le Carre and recently <laughs> published his autobiography, and yeah. as part of that, they've released, you know, his uh... original... Manuscript of the book Tinker, Taylor and it's yeah. crossed. There's marginalia everywhere and crossings out, and I think it's quite yeah. encouraging to to realise that when you're the not at best, that level, to go even the best the are best constantly others. revising. Yeah. and uh, and things weren't yeah. you know always great. Um, That'd be he'd be a fun guy to adapt something from, right? Would you yeah, like and I'd be I think slightly in in awe of yeah. of, of him. I'm a huge huge fan of uh, of his work in most of the films and TV shows based based on that. have like, set a really high bar. Yeah, uh, and *Tinker uh, yeah. Taylor was a really good movie. Yeah, the movie was good. The TV show, it's based on Malachi Guinness... is even better. Well, in my opinion, even 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 better. Wait, is this strong. from the sixties? 70s? I'm gonna say seventies. Okay. Um, but really, exploration. Check that out. The Smiley's People, which came after it, which is just um, this amazing episodic television. With everywhere you look, it's a famous actor. Yeah. Just doing incredible work, and it's a London that's grey and smoky and grimy, and it just it's fantastic. That's awesome. So tell me, um, if if
0: someone's out there and they're like, I want to, I'm interested in screenwriting. Are there Classic scripts or things writers that you like reading their screenplays. They're like, oh yeah, this is, read a couple of these and you'll get this. You'll see what a really great screenplay is. Yeah, so okay. I think that was
1: the that was the best thing. I think working in development, sort of, you just get to read wonderful stuff. not yeah. just the stuff that's submitted, but there's an assistant network. Everyone's sharing the best things that they've you know, really? that they've read that year. Agents are always sending writing samples, yeah. and I've kept a little stack with the okay. of the non confidential sort of projects. Sure. So things like David Milch from T V, the guy Dave Deadwood. Okay. Um, I love reading David Benioff scripts. Um, what did, when, what films did he make? Or what did he write? Uh, no, you're putting me on the spot. I've That's okay. I've literally just blanked. That's okay. Um, so Dave, yeah. Well, we know his name. You can Google him. Um, and who, who else? Um, uh, literally just. Um, and do you, did you read for dialogue
0: or do you read for plot or what? Were you strong at one or the other or are you? Dialogue
1: comes more readily to to me. Yeah. Um, plotting my. Um, no, no, I find my way into stories. I find I, I dialogue I'm much surer with. Plotting mm-hmm. takes takes more work Did you for
0: me. There's the classic uh, Julia Cameron, or not, yeah, that's her name, Julia Cameron, who the writer's journey, and she takes the hero's journey of uh, the myth guy, and breaks Jessica it down. Campbell. Yeah, just that whole thing. Did you have to learn on that? Is that a big deal in your circle, or is it more like, you know what, I'm no, a great I'm, dialogue
1: writer, and I can hit these plot No, I'm, I'm not that, well, I've never been taught to write. Okay. I've, I mean, I've, I've kind of, Read a lot. You just read a lot. And, you start yourself uh, by reading. It, right? Yeah, and I studied English literature and history, and I've, I've read a lot, but I've never, sure. I've never done a writing you're well read course. With, right. um, so I'm not very well versed in sort of act structure and, and save the cat and rub up the key. Not because I don't have anything to you know learn. I just decided to read hundreds and hundreds of screenplay. And anyone yeah. starting out, if you're in, um, and I don't feel I'm that far along in my journey, sure. but I'm starting out now with with all these resources online, yeah. there are literally hundreds, thousands of scripts Stribulous. that you can read, you know, legally that are put up by the studios, that you can read um, yeah. endless books. You can do a course with Aaron Sorkin for 90 bucks online, Yeah, yeah, which is probably Pretty cool. one of the best writers you know, totally. in the last 50 years. It's probably worth, worth a... You know, yeah, 90 bucks, great. Yeah, and there are endless courses. John August, mm-hmm. the writer who did Big Fish and Go, has mm-hmm. this incredible website, must give a shout-out to johnaugust.com. He does okay. a podcast with another writer called Craig Mazin. They're on Twitter. They answer people's questions, and now you can just through podcasts and Twitter, you can reach out to your favorite writers and go. Yeah, how do you do oh, this? People, some people are really generous. They're giving free film schools out week in, week out yeah. on. Wow. On Twitter, which was, even 2005 when I got my first job in film didn't didn't exist. Um, um, do, you, um, do
0: you look at? Um, you, so you're going to continue to tr- pick up uh, screenplays. Jamie
1: Linden, that was another writer, just oh, who wrote something mm-hmm. amazing. The Dogs of Babel, which is one of the best scripts mm-hmm. that I've. I oh, okay. suddenly popped out. There you go, I like that. Um, and when you look at these
0: TV episodic series, do you look at those and think, I gotta, I want to take a crack at one of those? Like, yeah, very much Peaky so. Peaky Blinders.
1: Peaky Blinders is incredible, and that's, again, a writer from film, Stephen Knight, another name that should have popped into my head, who's just Dirty Pretty Things, yeah. and he wrote a wonderful script, Curveball, about dodgy intelligence, and leading you know, yeah. up to Iraq, and all sorts of wonderful things. Yeah, I do, mainly because at home... Uh, I don't go to the cinema very very yeah. much. It's right. Like Hitchcock said, it's a whole thing, babysitter, dinner, taxi, yeah. you know, cost you know, so um it's Netflix, it's Amazon. Yeah. And it takes something quite special to to get out to the cinema, or either a you know, big spectacle film yeah. that you, you have to see or or, or, or you know, a, a filmmaker that you really want to see. So yeah. I'm doing my first T V project at the moment. Um, again based on a novel that I loved yeah. for years, just reached out to the writer and said, like I love I love this novel. I love this. What was the novel? And Do you can we talk brought, about? uh Jackfish okay. by um uh, super cool cat uh, in New York called Jay Milligan. And okay. It's about an assassin from Atlantis who comes up to the top world uh-huh. on his first mission and he has to learn how to breathe yeah. and operate in our world and then he has to perform his first assassination. Uh, that's so and it's a kind funny. of love letter like, to the nineties in New York and and, uh, and I loved that book for about ten years, pitched it to, you know, everyone I could find, um, and uh, it's got a hilarious Batman set story in it, which is what nice. first drew me to it. Of nice. course. Sometimes it's just about about timing. Um, met this wonderful guy James Baker, who's the president of Red Arrow, this big uh, European TV company. And said I'd love to find something to you know work on with you. So I said, how about this? Set of the book, and he was like, sure, let's do it. And, uh, so you're, so you're and then, writing the, the t- uh, episode. So it a pilot, and then we've got uh, depending on where it lands, yeah. x number of, of episodes. But um, again, that's a book with a plot, <laughs> a, a premise I never would have dreamt up with. It's too yeah. creative for me. Right. But I then recognize the things that I loved about it. What I've tried to sort of bring in is how you convert a, a sort of novella into something that might end up with, you know, a hundred episodes. But again, you know, we'll see. That's awesome. So that's what you're working on now.
0: Yeah. Okay. And my last my last question, as a how many how many projects do you have to have in juggling as a, you know, do you look and look at your like, oh I've got like ten things out there or five things, or I'm writing two things and I got three in development yeah. or it's
1: is it just this cast and hustle? I've got about two things, but as I said, I, I balance and, and I think I've got a lot better and a lot calmer because I've continued uh, freelancing yeah. in the creative in the commercial creative industry. yeah. Right? yeah. So film writing still commercial creativity, but yeah. uh I do a lot of work with Phyllis C. Frank, fantastic innovation yeah. and yeah. C., headed by these two yeah, that's guys. who's cackling in the background. Cackling in the, the so, background, having an yeah. important important meeting that yeah. we're we on, and I think that uh, working with some really interesting clients, mainly in the tech space, mm-hmm. and, and helping them with content partnerships and how they tell their story, mm-hmm. and I find that so energising. Not just being in an agency surrounded by people, a lot of young people, a lot of energy, a lot of different cultural um, kind of references. The music is yeah. playing, all the sonos in the office. Never yeah. heard of any of it. Discovering right. new things and. Right not being as lonely as sitting on your own yeah. and so I think the balance that I've it's got I, I kind of do you know, two, three days a week writing and a couple of days a week in an office environment helping yeah. guys solve problems and it's Keeps it's taking spread. the pressure yeah. off you're exposed to things yeah. um, and office being in that you just yeah. take a notebook to a cafe and listen yeah. to some of the ridiculous things being said and yeah. and behavior that just superstar oh, that's going in script yeah you know, that's funny just, um, well, and it's funny I,
0: I would encourage yeah if you're an agency out there it's almost like you want your writers doing that like whether they're writing screenplays or writing six-minute episodic things for clients, who cares? Get them into the writing world, get them
1: into the agency world, and just, that's a great balance. Cause yeah, and learn how to work with people yeah. from different, yeah. different disciplines, and I think a lot of those skills come really naturally to people in advertising, why, why there's such a track record of people making that transition from, yeah. Yeah. you know, kind of Straight advertising. Um, Do you ever want to direct or produce? would like to produce, because I think... Uh, like be a showrunner? Uh, if yes. that's in the cards, yeah, yeah, I'd be lying if I said no. Yeah. Directing, I don't think I have the sort of visual acuity to yeah. to sort of to, to to do that. But producing, yeah, there's that lovely Napoleon quote I love: "The leader must be a dealer in hope." <laughs> and what I love about the best producers I've worked well with and seen—they're there on the first day, they're there on the last day. They bring people together. They can, you know, you just have a range of skills that yeah. is almost unrivaled in any creative industry just producing you need to have high emotion intelligence you, yeah. you, you need to knock heads together you need to take a back seat let other people, I just, it's a range of skills I find really um, interesting cool Hi, I'm joined by Richie nice. Creighton extraordinary producer it, extraordinary right. I you. think i that, let's, unless there was
0: something you wanted to no that's, wonder, uh... like, well, that was good, yeah. well, that was good. Yeah. Well, thank you pleasure so yeah. sorry to start no don't right. worry just, I'm I'm just <laughs>